I'm the radio DJ giving the weather report. Oh, it's about to rain freaking sharks. There you go. That's your that's your uh, that's your clip. Claim to fame, man. No, that's your clip in the show intro. Hey, I'm Nathan. I'm going to give you your weather. It's raining sharks. It's about to be your most listened to episode ever, fellas. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Okay. We're here. All right. We're actually recording now. Uh, Tonight we have on Mr. The One and the Only Nathan Fast. Man, Nathan, there's there's a lot about you that I want to unfold and uncover uh, but let's I'll just let's start you. with let's start with hey man i just saw you in miami it was a great time <laughs> how was your conference <laughs> that was so much fun man i was so glad i ran into you uh it was super chaotic i didn't get to see one panel or oh really keynote or you were running around like working well you were at the house a lot too i assume i was at the swan house which was incredible but um just making the mo- most of my time and talking to people who i only ever get to talk to on zoom which yeah yeah it's really great to like see everybody if you only go to one a year or a couple a year every couple months you get to see all your your friends your friends from online and everything it's a great time and from work that was my first time in in miami in my life like i used to think i was a, a west coast pacific ocean fan um, I mean, like growing up, we used to go to Orlando, all the tourist stuff, mm-hmm, like we mm-hmm. St. Petersburg with a bunch of old people. And I was like, ah, Florida's okay. But Miami was pretty sweet. Oh yeah. The humidity though. The humidity is, it gets you. It was, like- it was pretty, it was pretty awkward. I was going to our, you know, uh, Swan house and I was catching an Uber with, uh, our, uh, a few of our upper management and I was sweating my balls off through my shirt it was super embarrassing i was like should i go change i was like guys don't look oh yeah i'm like that i was like that too really bad um the uh the last year they had the conference in like early april the weather was perfect and then the year before the covid year it was like all outside and it was in june it was like 10 degrees hotter it was miserable this one was like kind of in the middle but otherwise it was really fun yeah yeah other than the terrible sweat it was a great time so did, did you, you have say, to i was gonna I ask said, did you have to work most of the conference um I, I was at the swan booth um for a while every day but mostly i mean i got there at the crack of dawn on friday like as they were opening the doors because mm. i just i again my first time actually being there i wanted to get the lay of the land see where everybody was at but it was impossible to to see everything even in right two days did you did you catch the wizards so all the drama so i saw wizards walking around that was actually the first um panel that i caught up on once i i flew back back home <laughs> yeah so you've been following the, the controversy online it's been a very catty couple of days on online it has been actually as i was making dinner last night i Caught up on a one of the spaces. It was uh, <laughs> Greg versus. Oh yeah. Did you guys hear that? I I know. Well, I, I refused, heard all about I, it. I refused to listen to that, but I know it was. So uh, yeah, you know, I know all the commotion around it. I wanted to get up to speed on what it was all about, and yeah, I mean, then there was a, a previous spaces where <laughs> Greg apparently yeah. was in his car, just you know, getting very heated. Me and, and Greg. And yes, and. What it boils down to is his um, issue was the scheduling or the timing. You know, you have yeah. a presidential candidate uh, making a case for Bitcoin with institutions, governments, countries listening in. And then you've got um, full grown men in wizard outfits immediately after. And I think I, I mean, now that we have our own events, I think I know the thought process behind why mm-hmm. they, they scheduled it like that. You have a lot of eyeballs, but I think that was his, um, that oh, was yeah. no, yeah. I mean, his gripe. The, 
and there's listen like if, if you want to be really serious about it yeah he's, he's got some good points um but i think the controversy overall is just like everybody's kind of swarming in on the influencers and stuff and like i mean well, greg is greg you know he's uh it's a he means what he says but a lot of his personality it's a um he's just kind of performing like and he's got a lot of followers he's got a lot of people in spaces he's just he's just acting crazy he's acting like greg um and i don't think it's like a i don't think it's like a, a malicious i think it's and i think it's just a it's a, just a drama thing over people with a lot of followers and just like you know drama online do you do you think that he feels like the weight of that followership more and like does do you, when you say he performs that makes me think like okay it is that a function of getting into the Bitcoin space and then yeah, becoming you know so I mean? popular? Like, yeah, he's just like kind of emphasizing a point and he's passionate about something, but he's, you know, you're in these situations with tens of thousands of people listening to you. You like you exaggerate a little bit for effect. Like it's just kind of part of the his personality. He's just he, not everything he does is he means it literally. You know, he's like saying he's just kind of uh giving Udi a hard time. He is like he's talking about ice hockey, you know, he's just kind of talking in stories. I think listening back to the the Udi Greg like you know kind of debate, Udi definitely he's a very he's a very he's smart. smart dude. But he was he likes pushing yeah buttons, and I don't think I don't think Greg was necessarily performing. I think he was uh, disappointed that hey, here's a real platform that we can show how Bitcoin has gone from magic internet money to potentially being a legal tender you know a oh currency. yeah and then you know it kind of took us a few steps back because some people broke bitcoin or like to just goof off because they're not in venezuela they're not in zimbabwe they're privileged oh yeah yeah caucasian people who don't have to yeah. worry about that and they're just goofing off with jpegs yeah, no, I think I agree with you on that uh, that specific debate. I was kind of thinking more of along the lines of what they were mad about because like earlier in the spaces earlier that day, he just kind of went on that that rant or that tirade or he was just like getting worked up. Like I think he was just like having, I think that was a bit of the exaggeration there. I think the, the debate he had later, uh, the conversation he had with Udi was definitely, was not a performance. I mean, that was a serious, that was a really good, from what I heard, you know. He, so what he said, the reason why points. he was yelling was because he was in his car going through a tunnel. Or you know, you know, he's like, uh, who's that guy that used to be on cafe? Um, uh, uh, he's like, the, there is no alternative. He used to go screw. He said, oh, like Lewis Black. oh, yeah. Bitcoin Tina, Tina right? Yeah. Tina. Yeah, Bitcoin Tina. He was just going. What, I was like, what happened? What, what happened to Tina? I think he... Uh, no, I don't I think, keep up with I don't keep up enough with it to know. I, I think, think he's just not as active. That, well, I think that he'd sold some Bitcoin or something, and the whole community was like, trolling. Yeah, like they put him up, put him up on the cross for it. Um, but I wanted to. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to steer us so far away, but I did want to get into Nathan Fast, as you are on this show here, uh, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe maybe your background that's that's what i wanted to know about a little bit and if i I, any... I know a little bit about it but i want people to know so that's why i'm asking this question yeah i'll give the cliff notes version because i'm not a Thanks. luminary or a thought leader or anything. <laughs> so the 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 real brief uh i started my career in finance uh corporate like Fortune 500 stuff, but then that was super boring. And I, I pivoted into radio for, uh, about a decade. Um, and wow, that's such a nice pivot. Yeah. Radio was super fun. Um, and I did, you know, like I had a blue check mark before you had to pay for it and I don't have a blue check mark anymore. So I'm a nobody once again. Um, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall for radio. Um, at least radio targeted towards young people because who wants to listen to radio when you can listen to high hash rate with no commercials right. or Spotify whenever, wherever you want. And I'm like, you know, the the clock's ticking on this. And so, um, okay, what yeah, kind I of radio my, host? 
Uh, I hosted shows, night shows, morning shows, um, Dallas, So like, San Diego. Yeah. okay. How did you, how did you get into that? Like, uh, is that, yeah, I guess you could go to college for it, but then how do you get, like, how do you get a job at a radio station? You just apply for it like any other job or do you kind of have to have some sort You have of, to be you super, know, I had a podcast. I, I, I can't speak much for it now. Uh, but, well, I mean, this, the principle is the same. You have to be persistent and uh, creative to get attention of the people in charge of hiring. Just like, I mean, it's not unlike Swan Bitcoin. You know, if you want a job, you really have to set yourself apart. And so... I was very, very persistent and I had to start at the very bottom. I set up tents and I handed out, you know, freaking cups at random festivals um, until I finally got my chance. And um, yeah, I was able to take What it. what did what did that chance look like by the way? Was that like a day like they they brought you on and they're like You start testing you out? literally in the middle of the night, like on the week. So this was Las Vegas where I started, which again, that's a 24 hour city, but I did like the overnight shift on the weekends in Las Vegas. And, um, and then I moved to, I mean, I bounced, you have to bounce all around the country, man. You, you know, you're in media. Like I, I went from Boise to San Diego, to LA, to Dallas. And I finally, I real that's another aspect. I realized I'm like, man, this, this is kind of crappy for work-life balance. Like I'm not a 27 year old dude anymore. Like I have a family, so I need to find something um, that's better for that. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I, I beat down the door at, at Swan Bitcoin and here we are. So how did you, how, yeah, you know, depending on how long you were in some of these markets or some of these cities, were you, were you somebody who make like friend, makes friends really easily? Did you like make good friends in all these places that you stopped or was it kind of difficult to do? That's a good question. Um, I really, I think I am an introvert. Um, I would say I have a lot of, uh, what's the word? Acquaintances, but very few, very close friends. I did have some real good friends in Texas. Texas is, Texas is awesome. I miss, Very I good. miss Texas. Um, yeah, I have a lot of acquaintances, but very, very few close friends. That's why Bitcoin, I, That's that's where I was going with this. I feel like 95% of the people who I've, like, we've got a pretty tight um, Bitcoin little group here in Boise, but, and even random people that are in town, like today I had lunch um, with some guy I'd never met before, Bitcoiner, super cool. Like 95% of, of the people that I meet through Bitcoin are pretty cool. How did you find it? Bitcoin? Yes. Um, back in like 2016, 2017, Okay. um, gambling. And Gambling. I was like, oh, this makes it easier. Cool. Um, and it was just an easy way to like play poker. Um, and then 2018, 2019, I'm like, this is, this is kind of interesting. 20, but, but when I really started paying attention was, um, the very beginning of 2020 COVID, um, I was working from home and I had so much time on my hands and I listened to like eight hours of podcasts a day. I guess it, it kind of helped that I had a little bit of a finance background. So it made sense to me Mm right. and I was interested in it. Um, but I just, I listened to, yeah, man, like 40 hours of podcasts a week. And I started paying closer attention to Michael Saylor and what he was doing and Like, dude, this this guy's a not only a Fortune 500 CEO, but a literal rocket scientist, and his conviction, and the the analogy that he made between you know his corporate treasury or the dollar and like a melting ice cube that that really resonated with me, and I was like, holy crap, you know, I mean, I don't have a corporate treasury, but you know, my four hundred one k or whatever's in the bank, like it's literally melting away after. It would have been like February, March 2020 when COVID hit and they were just printing trillions of dollars. And I was like, they, that literally makes every dollar in my wallet worth less. And that sucks. 
And that is, that's like theft of your time, which I think some of the other Bitcoin luminaries on your show have, have said in the past, but it's true. And that resonates. It's true, man. It's like when you first kind of find it and you're learning about it. And like you said, you're listening to so many podcasts and you start to get deeper and like, wow, this is really powerful technology. Right. And you almost feel like, well, how come I, I found this and it's so crazy but how come more people don't know about this? Like, I'm not so, that, you know, what's so smart great. about me? And then you see somebody who's like a rocket scientist, a billionaire, like these really, these people who have got accomplishments in life that kind of demonstrate the deep level that they think and then they see it. And when they see the same thing that you do, that's when it kind of like, it's like a light bulb that goes off. And you're like, whoa. Yeah, you're exactly right. On. But that's a, that's a conversation that I've had so many times over the past couple of years is because obviously it's it makes so much sense if you're in El Salvador or Zimbabwe and or Turkey and you wake up one morning and your money is instantly worth dramatically less you know fortunately we're blessed in America where we have you know reserve currency status it it hasn't happened yet but to get that real mass adoption the average person isn't going to listen to 40 hours of podcast or read not yet they will for long blogs like <laughs> we have to make it easier and and <laughs> why should they care and so that's that's kind of my my mission right now is, right, and is that's making, like making it easy for the average person right and that isn't that you're kind of perfect for that cuz you're that's what you did for a career you talked on the radio you make things you talk to average people like you're talking to the masses like everybody in your city on their way to work every day you kind of know how to talk to them do you does that do you think that that translates when you're doing the orange spelling you're right and that actually like so that's kind of been a little bit of a pivot uh evolution of my my role because i i mean i was brought on board to do you know, find partners for Pacific Bitcoin sponsors and um, still doing that. But like you just said, like there's so many mainstream brands that have no idea of the benefits of being associated with the Bitcoin community. You know, um, they, they, they really don't know if, if a shoe company came out with an orange Bitcoin edition, like they would sell a quarter million pairs like that because not only i mean bitcoiners are it's I a mean, lifestyle typically it's a lifestyle but they're also super friendly to uh uh so, sorry hyper loyal to bitcoin friendly brands they really you know really are like if if new balance right. was like oh we're putting out the bitcoin edition i'd be like yo i'm getting that tomorrow the orange iphone so well you have like, a, you, if they're you, you you have a whole customer base, of course. It's like you already have a baseline for. Well, you know who is recognizing it? Politicians. They're coming out left and right, and they're mm -hmm, using mm -hmm. it, and they're they're saying, "Hey, I'm pro." And then immediately, man, they get they raise money, they get uh, they go trending on social media. It's 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 huge for them when they do it. And they're starting to notice. I think because, brands are starting yeah. to notice. You know, I mean, they companies and stores will be, you know they say they've accepted as payment. They've been saying that for years, right? It's just a a cheap, um, just just a cheap marketing thing. But there's going to be more um, serious, I think, recognition that it's popular and that it doesn't have to be mainstream. The whole world using it yet, but you can get a lot of money for your business simply by signaling support. You're right, and you saw a cash grab, like you know, over the past two or three years. All these companies, whether it's Louis Vuitton or Adidas, like, oh, we're doing the metaverse, we're doing NFTs, you know, because it's trendy and in the moment. And but but Bitcoin is is different. So it's it's educating them why it's it's different than ten thousand other tokens or or scams. And again, it it can't take 40 hours. It has to be short and sweet. So mm -hmm. it's it's not easy. So but how do you make it short and sweet? I think um, aligning like their mission and values with the Bitcoin ethos. And I think we were on a, an all team meeting a couple weeks ago and talking about ways that we use chat GPT. And I, I hadn't really used it, uh, but I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to try this. Uh, and so I just typed in, you know, what are the parallels between insert mainstream brand here and the Bitcoin ethos? And not that it's, ac I mean, it's, it's a few years behind the version that I was using, but it gave me some good stuff to go off of. And I'm like, you know, because some of these major brands, athletic brands or whatever, you know, they take pride, whether they actually live by it, who knows? But these corporations are like, this, this is our mission. These are our values. And so to tie those into the Bitcoin ethos, it has been pretty interesting. So it's still a work in progress, but again, these companies have, have no idea, um, you know, the benefits of the Bitcoin community. Are they still kind of skeptical when you reach out to them or, or, you know, or is it kind of a mixed bag where some are like really excited or some are like, eh, I think they're just uneducated because they're still like, Oh, crypto kitties. Oh, mm -hmm. Solana, you know, like it's all again, if we weren't like orange pilled, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of noise. So it's kind of cutting through and, and really explaining why Bitcoin is different. Hmm. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out the right strategy with that i'm tailoring it or i'm you know changing quick, quick question uh what do you think about sort of this idea of spreading your message like you are a radio host and so you are constantly getting your voice heard uh, do you think this sort of thing is I, I feel like it's becoming more and more important to be to have a voice in the future on social media out there you know just to have your voice being heard like otherwise you don't exist i don't know where i'm going with this but i'm just right it's uh no exactly that's what you said or you don't exist it's like if you don't exist in the digital like if somebody somebody tells you that i have an instagram or a facebook or something like that right you're like yeah that's kind of weird like you got to have like that representation in the phone let me finish chewing this <laughs> I'm glad I got that one on, on uh, record. Um, I do have thoughts on this, and I think my cool my thoughts and perspective are probably different than uh, than most people. Okay, uh, I'd like to hear. Um, so I'm thinking back to this would have been 2010, and I got my first full time radio job. It was actually here in Boise my first time around. One of my first tasks was creating the radio station Facebook page. And it's still, it's hilarious because even though now I technically help out the competitor here in town, like all of my pictures from 2010 are still on that Facebook page. And, you know, that was when Twitter was super early and it was all about having fun and Instagram. And it was all about, you know, followers and that, Stayed the same to San Diego, LA, Dallas. Um, but person to me personally, I got to the point where it's like, yo, I'm I'm in my mid-30s. I'm not trying to be an influencer anymore, you know. Um, I don't need to be a, yeah, I mean, my Instagram is super boring now. My so Twitter, let's pivot to Twitter real quick. I just had this conversation at lunch today. Um <laughs> The, the whole reason I, I guess, got Corey's attention is because I had a blue check mark back before you had to pay for it. He's like, yo, what do you do? And I was like, man, if that if that's what it takes to make you talk to me, then cool. Yeah. Now I don't even have a blue check mark. So I'm once again a nobody. Um, but I used to like literally my entire Twitter following up until about two years ago was all people who cared about. Justin Bieber and pop culture. And so it's probably hilarious. I would love to get inside their minds now because all I post about is Bitcoin and they're probably like, what happened to Nathan and where did he go? And why is all he talk about Bitcoin? Um, you know, I don't, I don't post a lot. I'm not trying to be a thought leader. Like I, I actually, I've, I've interviewed, I've been on the red carpet backstage with every celebrity I ever would want to meet. And I got it out of my system. And now I really like being, behind the scenes um 
so I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a luminary or a, I'm not, I'm not smart enough. Like I, I don't, I don't want to be a thought leader. There's enough of those. Um, I, there's times where I wish I had like a, an anonymous account so I could say what I'm really thinking. Cause I, I will say, so when I, when I got on the air in LA before I did my first shift, this legendary program director pulled me into his office and he gave me a, a couple, like three or four. He's like, all right, man, I got to tell you, I don't know, three or four things. One of them was if Britney Spears ever shows up on a Sunday to play her new song, call him first. Um, number two was uh, like, you never trash talk anybody um, because in LA, like that's where all the record labels, that's where all the musicians, that's where all the artists live. So if I would be, stupid and go on the air and say something bad about the new Justin Bieber song like that would destroy a decade long relationship. So there's a mm. reason why Ryan Seacrest like he's on five networks, right? He I don't think he hosts the morning show anymore, but like he's literally American Idol. Like he does New Year's Eve. Like he's literally on every station because and you know nothing about like his personal beliefs his personal life he's the most it's sterile it's just bland everything's guy. everything's great every he's a fan of everything like which there's nothing wrong with being positive but he doesn't have any opinions it's just everything's great oh this new song is so awesome oh we're big fans like and so i didn't get to have an opinion um for a decade and i still it's really hard for me now because i again i'm not really on the air but I don't really, I don't really post my opinion. I don't, I like nobody cares. Uh, I would love to have an anonymous account to just be a troll and say what I really feel. I mean, that's not off, it's not off the cards. I will say I'm, I don't right now, but it would, it feels so good sometimes. Like I that do, is... I will write out, I'll write out tweets sometimes, and, I'll, and then you don't post them. I'll wait a minute. And I'll be like, I mean, what good is that going to do? Nothing. But it felt <laughs> good to write it. You know, you are in, you are in a very rare purgatory. <laughs> Where you cannot be based or cringe, you have to stay in the perfect, like in the middle. Yeah, everybody online is going one way or the other. I retweet a lot of stuff. I mean, I'll reply to stuff, but again, I'm not a thought leader. I I like being behind the scenes. Oh well, you are you are the connector to a lot of um, between basically you're a connector between Swan and a lot of other people. Are you not? Yeah, that's that's the goal, and you know with. Pacific Bitcoin is a good avenue, um, which, by the way, it's not a conference. Uh, I mean, I talk to a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of conferences that there's like a dozen conferences. But like the one the one thing I just kept saying all over Miami is like, yeah, I, I get it. I hear you. There's a lot of conferences. There's only one festival, Pacific. Yeah. Bitcoin. And uh, it's I mean, conferences are. They're good. They're very popular in the tech, you know, finance, Bitcoin space, but it's thought leaders talking to you. Uh, but festivals are lifestyle experiences. I mean, you had all the all the amazing speakers, but there was there was so much more to Bitcoin culture and more community connecting. Yes. Yeah, I think I, I feel that vibe as well. Um do you do you think that there is a uh, that there's maybe something to be added to this festival or what are your thoughts on like uh, around the festival itself? Sorry, Dan, if I cut you off from an idea you were going to ask. There was a lot of stuff that got left on the cutting room floor last year in year one, the, gen the Genesis block, because just uh, because of space constraints or budget yep. constraints. Yeah, you need a prototype. Um, yeah, I mean, it in year one, um, we're just seeing how it went, and it went awesome. And so we are adding new elements. Um, I think there's so much more room for sports or uh, you know, like out in that outside area, but also like music, like DJs, like even even bands. You know, like there were plans for all of that, but it just, you know, it it for one reason or another, it it didn't make the the final show. Um, but just bringing in that um, entertainment and, and the sports. So it's a whole lifestyle. You know, you're in Southern California. Who knows? Like surfing, um, great food, parties. Uh, the Swan House in Miami 
was awesome. And, you know, we had a, we had a Swan house at Pacific Bitcoin, but I think Miami definitely raised the bar. So there's no way we can do anything less than we did in Miami at Pacific Bitcoin, 100%. The only thing is this year, Corey's really going to struggle to win the three-point contest again if Deladova shows up. <laughs> if Matthew Deladova is going to be there, he's gonna he's probably going to sweep that uh, that basketball tournament. I hope so. I, the three-on-three tournament. I mean, last year he had the professor, which was super cool. I mean, just the sports and basketball aspect was was so awesome. And everybody on Swan is like freaking giants. I, I have this feeling as well. Uh, to just typically about culture uh, surrounding Bitcoin. Like I have this thought, like this space is not, you know, it, it's not missing any philosophers or financial artists or, or uh, technicians or any of these kinds of people, but it's, um, it's lacking a, a lot of artists. I think, I think this space needs culture and I think it uh, could benefit from more artists absolutely you don't have a movement i mean you don't have a movement without the artist right you can have the financiers you can have the the soldiers the plebs the you can have everything but if you don't have artists you don't have a you don't really have a a complete community or complete movement you're right it was pretty cool to see the the art in miami especially um am i allowed to say like name drop people oh yeah you you can do whatever you want man if you and later if you want me to cut it out i'll cut it out um asa noah i don't know if you've seen his work he um he was the first person last year to call me when we announced pacific bitcoin he was so excited he's like dude i want to be there um and just to see how far he's come in less than a year like miami like his he was when i walked up to his table he was signing autographs and i'm like bro he's got his own bitcoin trading card like his uh it's his art i don't i don't know it's like golden black it's very cool um but that's just one style and um yeah i think hopefully we'll be able to to elevate the art aspect at, at pacific bitcoin this year as well but even music i mean we got bitcoin rappers these days captain youth's bound <laughs> you're looking at a bitcoin rapper right now <laughs> i know oh, yeah. I, for, I for, totally forgot about Dan, Mike. come on. Give give me it. Come on, just give me that, Dan. I'm a Bitcoin rapper. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. You're a Bitcoin rapper. I'm sorry, Captain. I hate to say this, but <laughs> Captain Youth stole, stole the song with his with his verse. No, you know? that, absolutely. That, that, that was, uh, he had a great verse, by the way, on that song. I have to say. I ran into him in Miami. Talked to him for a bit. He's a cool dude. Um, and I also saw one of the other guests, Mir One. He had a great, uh, he was painting live in Miami and I hope he comes back to Pacific. He's one of my favorite. That's He's a, one that's of our first guests. Totally want to see is mere one painting live, like a huge mural. That's what I want to see. Anyway. Hell yeah. Um, so, um, you know, we've got, this one has the cafe Bitcoin every morning on Twitter spaces. Has you know? Has anybody ever talked to you about running an like an like a PM an afternoon cafe Bitcoin? I mean, you've got the uh, wow, you got the voice, you got the experience, you you know how to kind of switch between topics. Maybe throwing some music on there. Um, you don't, but you don't want to be public facing. No, like no that. one's Is ever that a, talked to me about that. No, <laughs> no, I I'm I'm too busy having having calls. But I'll I'll be on like. D- <laughs> Guys, I've I've been on the air in front of millions of people, but I'm more intimidated being on spaces in front of 50 Bitcoiners. Uh, like I remember it was a while back, you know, Cafe Bitcoin. Alex like asked me to be a speaker, and I'm like, what if, what am I gonna say? I, I don't want to I don't want to talk. Um I'm way more comfortable talking about Ariana who Ariana Grande is dating versus uh, you know, yeah. the the block so i was you know oh wow this is the kind of stuff that you would report on (laughs) well dude you you're hitting the nail on the head like that's why i was like i gotta get out because i literally don't care who are who kim kardashian was seen with i don't care uh but yeah (laughs) i will say this uh 
one thing about those spaces is they're it can be kind of hectic and people like talking over each other. I think uh, maybe, you know, you know, not you getting up there and giving your, Hey, this is what I think it should be. This is how we should change the, um, the protocol, but more of finding good people to talk and then kind of facilitating that conversation and kind of the back and forth and asking the right questions. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, it, seems, oh, it seems like you might be good at that. Happy to find partners. And, and I, I've told uh, Alex and other hosts on spaces. Um, it's that is essentially a talk show, whether it's an hour or yeah, two. of course, like news talk is a yeah. very different radio format versus classic rock or sure. pop music because you get to have a four minute song in between your, you know, uh, little bits or whatever, but it's a non stop to if, if you're not saying anything, it's silence you know hey, or kind of facilitating the next you know conversation it's it's very hard and and it takes a lot of practice and spaces is it's a good place to practice i mean obviously the cafe bitcoin team is they've got a lot of reps under their belt you know there might be a lot of ariana grande fans out there that we're just not tapping to <laughs> there no is a lot of no disrespect <laughs> There is this weird thing where you have this pressure to speak once, once you have the camera on, or once you're, like you, you have this pressure that you there has to be some sort of action or activity. I wonder where that comes from. Because people don't like um, awkward silences, and I reflecting don't. like I, reflection. yeah, I don't, I don't either, I don't either. But now, now that I'm not really in that world. I kind of enjoy it, but um, yeah, you've got this these airwaves to fill, and if there's any silence, then you kind oh, of well, you ex you kind of expect every everybody's looking at you for either some kind of Message. information that you're going to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. teach them or you're going to entertain them, right? So you're either trying to be entertaining or you're trying to be insightful, or at least the pressure's there because it's almost like this expected. Like I'm on the stage, what am I going to say? These people are looking. Well, they're, they're basically. They're feeding off of you, right? That's um, there's there's a reason why it's called feed, on on Twitter, right? Yeah, that's true. Feeding so, off the energy. Speaking of, I was gonna say, you know who's really good at whether it's on purpose or not, with that little bit of a silence while he thinks about what he's gonna say, and whether you like him or not, like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, like Elon Musk. I I've listened to a lot of his interviews and. He's just kind of an awkward dude. So maybe part of this is because of that. But there's a lot of silence before he answers. Yeah. You know what, though? He always has something good to say when he when he pauses for that long. But if you're not Elon Musk and you you haven't had as many, as many accomplishments as him and you're not kind of revered as a thinker, you don't get that 15-second pause. People are like, this guy's, he hit his head or something. What's going on here? If he took this long to stop and think about everything he did, he wouldn't be where he is in his life. So, you know, <laughs> I don't what? know if there's he anything just, going on in that in that pause. He just likes pushing buttons. So, in prep, you guys know that I pre I prepped for for the high hash rate podcast. Oh, tell me uh, how. Was it those gummies you were eating? <laughs> is, that, is that your prep? That's I was, just, my I prep. was like, man, I haven't been on Twitter all day. I'm just gonna see what's going on, and it was a. Um, Elon and Ron DeSantis, they were talking about it was just a minute long clip and Ron DeSantis. Oh, it was the Americans should be able to do stuff like Bitcoin, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do Elon, nobody's reporting on this, but Elon pops in and goes, Dogecoin. Like he's just being a richest yeah, just, man in the world because he can thing. It's like a it's like a childish impulse that he just can't. He's like, he's gotta do it. <laughs> I that's just, what that's, can, I mean, that's what can. That's, I mean, he, he dude, is that's Elon. What, that's what Trump so, did too. They're like they're the same. They just kind of like that off, uh, off script. You don't know what to expect. They're gonna say anything. Or they're gonna post anything. You just don't know what's coming. They're not. They're, just, you know, they're totally different people. But it's like the same script, kind of. He he paid forty four billion dollars for Twitter. It's just for it's his website. It's for yeah. entertainment for him because he can. But I would like. I wanted to ask you guys, um, how critical 
or how skeptical do you think we should be in kind of the next, what is it, 12, 18 month like election cycle? Because politicians are realizing that like, oh, I can say Bitcoin or crypto oh, yeah. or whatever. And people like that, like that'll get traction. So it's like even, kind of even, even Robert Kennedy at Miami, you know, I got, I got uh, at the Swan House afterwards, I got like the full recap, you know, and even like diehard Bitcoiners were like, all over it you know they were they were completely bought in i'm like well wait a minute guys like what maybe he maybe he really gets it or maybe he's just a really bright dude who has a team that gave him all these bullet points to cover like right so the skeptical to like the highest degree of anything any of them say they're all going to use it at some point they're they're going to use it to flag support so they can get supporters or they're going to be against it just so they can get the support of the people who are against it, right? It's it's just a political tool for them, kind of. And even if you know, even if they say they like it, what does that really mean, right? Like they view it as an opportunity to get more taxes. They're going to try to, you know, potentially raise the taxes on it. They want to control it. They want to get as much, you know, like I said, control. Whether it's over the mining, whether it's over the exchanges, whether it's over the companies, whether it's over KYC, every, all that stuff together. They want to sink their, their claws in as far as possible because if they do consider it a national security interest, like uh, space, you know, Jason Lowry is trying to push with his book and they probably will, you know, there's incentive to give the miners really lower cost of capital or, or easy liquidity. And then the miners are kind of relying on that as a low margin business to survive. And then they can put pressure on them to change how their, uh, what their energy sources they're using change, maybe put pressure on them to censor blocks or to censor blocks from other countries or, you know, from suspected Russians, whatever. They're going to have all these incentives to do that. And yeah, the whole time they're telling you they love Bitcoin and that, that they want you, they want you to be able to have it and own it. But they're also, you know, shaking your hand and to your face and behind your back, behind their back, they've got a, you know, a knife and they're ready to stick it in your back, so to speak, in a million other ways and try to lure you in with the Bitcoin. But I think the problem I think I'm is, in that camp for sure. Yeah. But, the, but the, here's the thing. It's also, they could attack it just much more directly, much more maliciously. And there's a lot of people who are worried that. They're going to try to make it illegal or they're going to try to shut it down, which I don't think is realistic. So I don't, I think we should be looking at them more skeptically because what they can do if they trick people or if they convince people they're allies and then subtly do behind our backs is much more damaging than if they're telling us to our face that they're against it because they can't stop it, but they can kind of get us to lower our guards and then they can find other ways to kind of gain control of us through it. That's how I look at it. Did who, how did, was it RFK? What is this dude's name? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yeah. RFK, Jr. RFK. Yeah. Yeah. So how did he get to the conference? Was he invited or did he pay or was he paid? No, he was invited. He was invited by Bitcoin magazine and he, uh, he took the opportunity because he said um, positive things about, about it that had made press. So the, magazine invited him so he came to speak the thing that i like about him and i liked about trump no grant dude i'm i think they're all 100 bonkers no, we're, but we're not i, we I like to support anybody I liked obama really. because he was shaking things up i like trump because he was no matter i mean he's billion billionaire whatever he is he was an outsider he'd never mm -hmm. he wasn't a career politician he pissed Robert off the Kennedy, people who should be pissed off you know. Yeah, Robert Kennedy, like he's got the name and the pedigree, but his family has kind of been pushed out. Totally. Uh, he's never held an office, which is also like, okay, you're going to be the president of you know, the United States without office. But I also don't want a senile, you know, senior right. citizen who all he's ever done has been government. Um so I like <laughs> I like the idea of shaking things up. Um right. That just reminded me that Eric Kaysen once says, I also don't want a senile uh, president who openly rapes our children and 
has a crackhead son for <laughs> anyway sorry that just reminded me of this moment yeah I, yeah uh, I yeah exactly it's so corrupt, uh, it's a lot man. of people no matter like... whether you're looking at the left or the right like it's so corrupt. politics is just yeah it's do so you think it was really always corrupt. this corrupt like in roman times for instance like did, cool. did they have to turn oh, it was definitely it was harder to keep you accountable back then but i don't think right. it's always been as corrupt as it is now i mean i think there was to a lesser degree or corruption was to a lesser degree, maybe 50 years ago, but it was still really bad. It was just, it was, it's, it's so blatant and just in your face now, like they didn't even care. They're like trolling us back. And it's, I mean, you see, you just see it all over now. It's like, they don't really believe this. This is just to piss us off. This is what these headlines are for. This is why they're saying it. But also at the same time, the right they're they're, they're also corrupt and it's, it's almost bad to be associated with a politician. You're like, man, I don't want this brand associated with this corrupt mother effer. Like it's weird. I think that, I think there's, I think that some people are kind of upset about it because this is supposed to be like opt out of the system, reject the system, not uh, if they embrace it, like, Oh, we come running back to them. It's kind of a, there's kind of that, current in the bitcoin community to be a little bit more rebellious and not to be so into the politics of it yeah i mean that's part of the reason why when michael saylor was really getting vocal about bitcoin it was mid to late 2020 and he was talking about fortune 500 companies putting it on their balance sheet i was like okay this legitimizes this magic internet money i'm like okay if this rocket scientist you know, believes in it enough. And he, it was early 2021. I remember listening to it. He did like a, it was COVID. So it wasn't like in person, but it was like a Bitcoin for corporations thing. And I think yeah. it never really materialized how I was hoping it would, right. um, but maybe it was just too early. Um, but you're, you're right. Like we want Bitcoin to be kind of um, permissionless, censorless, but but then when like the SEC, like I just literally when I, when I was prepping for this uh this podcast, like something Gary Gensler, you know, basically says like Bitcoin is the only one without a group of entrepreneurs behind it, which is true, which is why I believe in Bitcoin. You know, there's no CEO, there's no foundation behind it that can uh, pull strings and change the policy or sell it just like that. And Gary Gensler knows that. And I don't, I mean... Depends on what newsletter you read. Gary Gensler knows what he's talking about, or he's a complete idiot. Yeah, right. Um, but he he taught course on Bitcoin. He knows, you know. But he's also his inconsistencies are based on politics, right? Like he's got to say a certain thing. They've got a certain uh, narrative that they've got to follow that comes from the top. But at the end of the day, like you said, the reason that he does he has singled out. Uh, Bitcoin is, you know, being different is because he does know that. And I think at least there is that semblance of no matter how corrupt the, you know, Washington is, this still is so obvious of a neutral, objective, open protocol, right? That, that not even they can deny it. They have to um, acknowledge it. And we know that they don't acknowledge anything else, honestly. So it's kind of like, all right, it's uh, self-evident, right? I'm not just crazy. You know, it's it is only a matter of time, whether it's in 2024 or four years later or or four years down the road. Like someone's going to be in the White House who has, like, had their hands on Bitcoin, who has who owns Bitcoin. It kind of like the internet, you know. Like, um, this this is another kind of analogy that resonates with mainstream brands you know the internet in 1995 um you had to plug into your phone line like it screeched for right. 20 seconds to connect and then you couldn't make phone calls and it was like 14.4k and it was terrible now it took, i have it took two days to download an eve six song <laughs> now we have 24 7 like always on like super fast connection um my daughter like she's only ever grown up in a world with the internet and and cell phones and so it, it at times i thinking to like warren buffett or charlie munger like 
who again, incredible investors. They're not dumb, but they're just old. And why would why would they care? Why would they if I was 90 years old, I'd be like, all right, kids, have have fun. Like those dudes are still using Microsoft Internet Explorer for their browser. Like they don't get the internet. Yeah, like I mean, they would have never invested in Apple if it wasn't for a young person on their team who made that the best investment right. of, of Berkshire's, you know, history. So it's sometimes it's a matter of like kind of the the aging process. They got to age out, but like right. yeah. our generation, um, this, this is all we know. That's true. It's, um, it's, it's just going to take longer than I think. And people are going to, it's not going to happen overnight. People are not going to just wake up one day and be like, we, we were right. It's just going to be upon reflection. You're going to say, yeah, yeah, this slowly happened. And it's, it's almost like, you know, I think a lot of people are expecting the critics to be like, oh, this person, you know, they were right. I was wrong. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen either. You look at just kind of the way people are handling the way we handled COVID, the COVID response, and everybody's just kind of agrees now. It's like, all right, we handled things not, we didn't handle things the best way, but nobody admits it now. Nobody's like, you were right. It's just a quiet, just going to let it be. I think that's going to be the same way if it hype, if we hyper Bitcoinize, I think there's a lot of people are hoping to be <laughs> told, Hey, you were right. I was wrong. That's not going to happen. I think we all want it to happen super fast. Like, right. But thinking back to like Balaji's 90 days thing, I'm like, yeah. okay, million dollar Bitcoin would be cool. But if Bitcoin is a million dollars in 90 days, the world is going to be a, a crazy place. Um, and need, I, yeah, gasoline and, and shotgun shells and a camper and a tent and be out, out of a city. I, 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 felt, city. I felt a little envious. I was catching up with a friend in Miami who stumbled into um, AI, you know, and they've developed a an AI product that is just exploding. And he was telling me about the AI industry and I, I couldn't help but feel feeling envious i'm like man i wish bitcoin just exploded like ai has even in the past six months yeah well it's brand new you know bitcoin did do that when it was brand new it had some crazy explosions in, in price in 2011 2013 and it's it's got more ahead of it it's just not uh you just got you just got to be patient you're, you know what you're you hit on something else too I had this conversation I've had this conversation um with several swans like don't get me wrong like I get all fired up when I see like the 200 400 percent compound you know kager or whatever yeah. whatever they, yeah, kager. thought leaders want to call it but and they're like oh Bitcoin's up ten thousand percent and gold's only up two percent <laughs> I'm like well yeah but that's a little disingenuous because you're talking about an asset that started from zero versus something that's been around for thousands of years. So that drives me nuts. Like, don't get me wrong. I want to see Bitcoin moon and succeed. But when you're comparing, like, it's like fun gold. to it's it's fun to dig at a at a gold maxi here and there. But <laughs> it is yeah, fun. if if you if you if you if you're honest with yourself, it's not. It is a disingenuous comparison. But you know, we're in a bear market. By the way, Pacific Bitcoin marked. Well, who knows what we're in currently, uh, May 2023, bear market, bull market, I don't know. But up until this point, the bottom was during Pacific Bitcoin, the Pacific Bitcoin discount, as we like to call it. Uh, that also coincided with FTX like going up in flames. And I think that Steven, um, he posted a, a chart during Pacific Bitcoin. Like He's like, I'm calling it. This is the bottom. And that tweet has aged very well. <laughs> Because we yeah. haven't we haven't gone we haven't gone further than that man yet. And we partied like it was a bull market though. So you know what? That's the cool thing too. Like um when I'm I'm telling people about Pacific Bitcoin, I'm like, you know, you had thirteen hundred people there. It was all good vibes. Like, you know, FTX, it, it didn't affect us. Maybe short term. Did we whatever. were cheering? Okay. But um I mean, we we're not traders, we're not you know, um, 
we're not trying to come up with the uh day trading patterns and and all this ftx polycule stuff we're, we're just hodling <laughs> by the way the first time i ever heard a swan i was like they don't have a sell button that's silly all right so <laughs> i'm a long way man oh yeah well dan with front dan you created an, uh, no, I don't want to talk about that. Never mind. Anyway. Yeah. I created um, a sell button for advisors, <laughs> but not for everybody else. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, I did want to ask you tonight, uh, Nathan, what aspect of Bitcoin uh, you think about the most or what gets you hyped about it the most? Elon Musk pause while I'm thinking. If you ask my wife, it would be hedge against inflation. That's all. I mean, she all I ever talked to her about is inflation because I do all of our shopping every week. Again, like going back to my finance degree days, I'm like, all right, last week the twelve pack of Diet Coke was four ninety nine. Now it's seven ninety nine. What the hell? Um, so it's painful to to me that um, I'm still working my butt off. You know, if I'm in an hourly job or I got a salary or whatever, and my hard work is worth less, that drives me nuts. And Bitcoin can protect against that. And it's also, you know, I've again, I've never lived in Venezuela or Cyprus, but I can't imagine waking up tomorrow and there being a a line at the bank. I mean, I we we can couple couple months ago you know we had a like silicon valley bank um but yeah did the the banking system drives me nuts um i inflation drives me nuts like i want to i want to protect my hard work long story short oh yeah man um and because you don't like to uh be in the limelight anymore and you, you don't want to be a thought leader, which I think is commendable. I don't want to be either. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to hear more from Nathan, um, your best bet is to check out Sharknado. Is that right? <laughs> Dude, that was um, Thank you. that was the highlight of my career. It was all downhill from there. Can you I talk that, just I, a tiny little bit about what that what that meant? Yeah, Sharknado. So I. I went to school with a girl who graduated and moved to Hollywood to do like sound of Foley for, for movies. And she knew that I had easy access to a, a studio. So she texted me one night, like, Hey, can you, uh, if I give you 50 bucks, can you record a couple lines? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And that those lines ended up being about 20 seconds in Sharknado two, um, as Ian zero, what's his name Ian you know gets into a taxi and I'm the I'm the I'm the radio DJ giving the weather report oh it's about to rain freaking sharks there you go that's your that's your uh that's your clip claim to fame man no that's your clip in the show intro hey I'm Nathan I'm giving to give you your weather it's raining sharks it's about to be your most listened to episode ever fellas get ready Oh, that was good. I will include that into maybe the the opening. Um, um, I got a question for you guys because again, like I mean, you can cut this out, but I just no, no. I enjoy shooting the shit with with Bitcoiners. Um, I'm telling my wife she thinks I'm freaking. I mean, she's embraced the Bitcoin thing. Like she's like, all right, cool. I know that you're passionate about it. Like, yeah, but, um, dude, it's it's so hard obviously cbdc's and, and shit but like we're moving away from cash right like it's extremely hard to get cash unless i go to a bank which i don't want to do but like it's it's real hard to get cash yeah man are, I, are I, you I, experiencing I, that yeah so yeah like my for example my daughter uh she had like dance auditions yesterday needed 40 bucks and like you go you go to a gas station you go anywhere try to get cash back 
it's like, oh, we have a, a max of $20. And I asked, like, I was kind of being a little bit of a dick. I was, you know, she's just a gas station cashier. And I was like, yes. oh, why, why, why $20? And they're like, oh, that's, that's just what they've told us. And I'm like, walking out, I sound like a conspiracy theorist with my wife. I'm like, yeah, that's like the corporations. No, they're not <laughs> passing it down to the cashiers, but like it's, it's I think they're trying to do away with cash, man. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's that's pretty clear. Um, it sucks. I think hopefully that will maybe that'll drive a little bit more adoption for like lightning payments in uh, in stores. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's we're gonna have to navigate that. I mean, cash is I I hate cash. I would much rather use a just a credit card. Um, but dude, we had to try to have a garage sale a couple weeks ago. I need some some cash. It was impossible to get cash. Hmm. Oh wow, that's something I didn't even think about. Yeah. All these like little places. Yeah. It's it's like existing on the fringes of of exchange. So it's like every every place that accepts cash, I mean everyone accepts cash, but well, uh, you, they don't want you selling your stuff, your all this stuff like that at a garage sale. They want you selling it on Facebook Marketplace. You gotta go through the uh, that's, the corporations. That's you what I thought. I was like, they want to be able to. I was trying to. They want to be able to track things. Yes. Yeah, they want you to have to. They want Facebook to get a cut, or Amazon, or Etsy, or whatever. Yeah, that's it's, off topic. Uh, I was just. Yeah, 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 but it opens up a Pandora's box of thoughts for me. But absolutely. Um, Nathan, uh, do you have anything that you want to speak about this evening that you came on to talk about? No, I was I was hoping to use this as a launch pad to my thought leader career. Like, I, yeah, hey guys, I got like one week it's high hash rate, next week it's what Bitcoin did, like Cafe Bitcoin. <laughs> so here's what we'll do: we'll set up a we'll set up something for me on like Udemy or something like that, and for two thousand dollars, you can tell people that that, that Bitcoin is going to be a hundred thousand dollars by twenty twenty five thousand dollars. You get the, you'll do the little charts. And you'll tell them all the macro analysis that that pumps into it, the stock to flow three that you came out with. That's what we'll do. We'll make you rich, and we'll make you a thought leader. That's what it takes. I mean, now now's the time. the The bear market, <laughs> but I just there's so many. There's there's enough thought leaders. Um, all your all your followers who are like really into Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande, like they should be really easy targets. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to pull like everybody who still follows me, like what they think, like what happened to Nathan, man? <laughs> he used to post pictures with Demi Lovato. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's how all of our friends and family see a lot of us. You just have a bigger following that's wondering what the hell. Uh, I, I see a resurgence, Nathan. I see a resurgence. Resurgence. Yeah. But yeah. I will, I will say that's one thing that I do to Nathan too fast. <laughs> dude that's 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 one thing that i like best about swan though is that um we aspire to be tapped into that that pop culture like i like uh if you tuned into any game of the kings versus warriors in the playoffs a couple weeks oh, ago yeah. you saw swan right there you know and once i saw it it i couldn't unsee it um but it's it's just breaking into that because yeah, you got crypto.com arena, you got uh, FTX rest in peace stadium or what whatever. Um Pouring that's out. all that's that's just such bad that's bad, man. Like it's you know, it's funny being tapped into the culture. It's a lot of people are anonymous online because they're worried about what they post, they might lose their job. And last time I got a raise at work, they were like, Hey, part of the reason you got this is because we love your shit posts. That's wow. awesome. Nathan, tell tell us where we can know more about you or find you or what you're working on. <laughs> um it's that I portion. I guess Twitter would be the best. Nathan Fast. It's real easy. It's Nathan Fast like a car or like like fast would be a way cooler last name if I was like an Olympic sprinter or something. But I'm just a super average white dude. Well, you got to think fast to be on the radio, I think. There you go. That's true. That's true. Yeah, man, I, I retweet a lot of uh, 
Preston Pish. <laughs> cool. Not, I'm sure he appreciates it. that. Hell yeah. <laughs> By the way, one of the nicest dudes in. Oh yeah. Bitcoin. Total gentleman. Even when he's even when he's telling you to fuck off on Twitter, it's the most polite way possible. <laughs> most respectful way get, possible. We, we got to get Pish on this show. Yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. A real thought leader. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're all, we're all we're all plebs here. Um, cool, man. Uh, I'll cut it off. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H R T L N D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Holy Toledo!